Today, it's all about you, and I'm answering some of your questions. I've selected a few questions focusing on if you're not feeling like you're contributing enough financially and what to do about that, as well as whether or not you should use a balance transfer to pay off your credit card. Hmm, I wonder what I will answer. Stay tuned for the answers. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, ¿qué tal? I'm so excited that you are here. This is Jen Hemphill, your host. And I have to be honest with you. I absolutely love when I get questions from you. I know I don't do these episodes a lot because I tend to answer those questions via email, via direct messages, but I thought I'd take some time to answer some really good questions that have come in. I didn't want to do a ton of questions because what I wanted to do is select a few questions and really answer them thoroughly. So that is what I have done. And today's focus is on two themes or two areas that I'm going to focus on answering. One is around not feeling like you're contributing financially enough in your household. I know I have been there. (laughs) I have struggled with that. Or if maybe you don't know, you have a credit card balance you want to pay off and you don't know if you should use a balance transfer offer to pay off that credit card. Is it the best option? If you are resonating with either of these topics, either of these questions, this episode is for you. Now, again, my goal here is to go beyond answering the questions. I don't want to just briefly answer the question, but I want to give you a little more meat and potatoes, if you will, which is why I'm just answering these two. So let's get to it, shall we? This first question comes from Carmen, and she says, this will be my first time writing, but I'm hoping to get this answered on the podcast. I'll definitely be listening in. I'm on a new adventure. This will be our very first time buying a home together. And we both have a general idea of how we're going to manage the mortgage along with other things. Yay, Carmen, I like that. We both currently work full time, but me only having an associate's degree, I want to do more, but I don't know exactly how to make more on the side. I've applied to different places and have had a few interviews, but it looks like Everywhere I'm looking is offering me a pay cut. My significant other tells me I wouldn't need a second job. I love him already, or I love the significant other already. But whatever I am putting towards bills, I want to feel like I'm gaining back personally. I don't want to feel like I'm losing money. Any advice would be amazing and appreciated. One of the questions that I asked her, I asked Carmen, 
to clarify what she shared was where is that extra money that she's wanting to make going to go towards? Is this going to extra towards the house? What exactly? So she responds, we'd love to put this extra money towards a wedding and honeymoon. We've had to keep pushing back the date because we made the house a priority. So it feels like I have no money for savings now. My fiance makes double what I do, and I honestly would just feel comfortable and lose less sleep when I know we make closer to the same amount. I'm just not sure how to make my money work for me, or do I lose time with my family and get a job offer that offers less than I make now? So Carmen, I appreciate you sending this question in. I absolutely love this question. A few things that caught my attention. Number one. We always need to be proud of our accomplishments. I noticed you mentioned just having an associate. And this is not picking on you, Carmen, because there's a lot of us that do this, okay? We tend to minimize our accomplishments, which then what happens, we think that it's not going to hurt anything, right? Or that it's just like, this is how we feel. But what happens is when we are minimizing our accomplishments, this can lead to less confidence and opportunities. It can lead to fear, which I think this is what you're feeling right now, because you mentioned only having an associate's degree. And I would challenge you, not just Carmen, but if you are doing something similar to reshift that thinking. You have an associate's degree, Carmen, and that is useful. So don't let that limit you. And also, another thing to consider is don't let the requirements of a job limit you from applying. So if you've been looking and you've been only looking, you've decided you've limited your job search to jobs requiring an associate's degree, for example, and maybe the jobs that are requiring a bachelor's degree, you automatically take them out. I encourage you, I'm not guaranteeing that you're going to get those jobs. What I'm saying is I'm encouraging you to not limit yourself from applying. Why do I say that? It is known, it is a fact that women will shy away from applying for a position if they don't meet all the requirements. I have been there and done that. And in the past, when I've looked at jobs, I've looked at the requirements and I'm like, ooh, I don't fit this. But, you know, we can learn these things, right? On the other hand, when men apply for jobs, they don't limit themselves. So I encourage you to apply if there's something that catches your attention that you know deep inside you would be good at. I say go for it. You may not know some of the things that they're asking you to do, but I am confident that you can learn it, okay? Plus, the worst thing they can say is no. And remember, we are in an environment right now (laughs) where it's the great resignation, right? So there are chances, can be good, that you can get that position. And you never know what's going on on the other end. You never know the quality of the candidates that have applied. Of course, my whole point here is that if you are seeing this dream job, I say go for it. Don't let the degree limit you. Don't let other factors 
limit you. If you know you're like, oh my goodness, this would be amazing and you're willing to grow and you're willing to put the work in, why not? Here's an example why I am passionate about saying this. One of the reasons why I am so passionate about this and what I just shared is because I have mentioned I have been there with the jobs in the past that I applied to, but I have also been there with my business where, of course, we're in a point right now that social media drives a lot of things and the number of the followers, all of that. When working with companies, they tend to look at that, especially when you're working with some brands, they tend to look at that. And you can look at my social media. I don't have a million followers. I don't even have 100,000 followers. But fortunately, I have started to let that limit me, but I reshifted my thinking. And that has allowed me to work with these amazing and big companies. Because I reshifted my thinking. I did not let the traditional social media following that you have to have a ton of following to work and make all this money with these companies. Instead, I focused on my skills. Instead, I focused on what I could bring to the table. So I'm hoping that this motivates you, that gives you a big push, (laughs) Carmen. And this is not just for you, Carmen. I know there's others that are listening right now that are in that same spot. The other thing to consider is you can explore your options of making more money. And there's also a non-financial option, non-making money option as well. I know you mentioned you would feel more comfortable making closer to the same amount as your significant other. And I completely hear you on this because again, I relate to this. (laughs) I've been a military spouse for 22 years. And a good part of my marriage, I was at home with the kids because that was my choice. I wanted to be at home with the kids. But during that time, I was looking for ways to bring in some income. And then over time, when the kids were in school and I decided to start my business. I felt like I needed to contribute financially. That's when I started to get this feeling. And starting a business is not like an overnight success. You know, it hasn't been for me. I'm fortunate to be where I'm at right now, but it was not overnight. So I understand where you're coming from. Now, some things to consider. You want to make more money. Here are some options. Of course, You can negotiate at your current job. I don't know how long you've been working there, but that is an option. I'm not sure if you've attempted this. Consider sit down and drink some coffee, some tea, some wine, whatever you do, and write down what is it that you bring to the table. Forget, you know, I know the associate's degree you mentioned. Put that aside. What do you, Carmen, bring to the table? Value that. And remember what I've been talking about earlier, okay? So that's an option. You can search for another position, again, without, as I mentioned before, without limiting yourself with what they have, if they say a bachelor's degree required. I would apply anyways. Why not? You have nothing to lose. So that's another option, right? 
And I know you mentioned time. So that is definitely something to consider. What is more important to you? Less time with a family and bringing in more money or more time with a family and being content with what you have. The other thing is you can look at a side hustle. And the key thing here with a side hustle, there's all types of side hustles. The key here is, is you would want to look for a side hustle that brings you immediate income, like the gig economy, like Uber, Uber Eats, instead of like a blog. A blog is also a side hustle, but the blog takes time to build until you build a following and earn some money off the blog. The other thing to consider here when looking at a side hustle is think about your time. I know you mentioned that you you have to do I sacrifice the time. So to me, that sounds like it's important to you. So with a side hustle, what kind of time does it require? And do you have that time? Is it realistic? Is it doable for you? Are you going to be sacrificing a lot of time away from the family? Some things to consider. Think about those things. The non-financial option or the non-money-making option, but I think it's a very important thing, is you can contribute in your relationship with a bigger role on your household finances. I don't know what it looks like now. Maybe it's you taking over managing the expenses, you taking over just making sure you track the progress towards your goals. And I right now, the priority being the house. So how do you feel about this? I'm curious to know. Let me know. Granted, that is not an option where you're like, I'm bringing more money, but you're contributing in a very powerful way. Because you're taking a big role in your household finances, okay? Either way, I mean, of course you can contribute in a bigger way and also do a side hustle. It's completely up to you. I'm just throwing some options. And what I want you to do is just take what makes sense and what really grabs your attention and just set aside the rest. Just go with your gut to what feels good for you and the rest just (laughs) set aside. Forget it. Either way, whatever you do, I suggest that you and your significant other have a conversation on the roles you each will play in your household finances. Like who is going to take care of the bills when we get married or even now, who's going to be in charge of the budget? Those type of conversations before getting married is going to be really, really helpful. And it is also good. And it sounds like you've already talked about it because you're working on purchasing a house and then you're going to work on getting the wedding expenses and all that. But if you haven't already talked about your financial goals and priorities in the future, and I'm not talking about just in the next five years, you know, the house, getting married. I'm not talking about just short term, but even just long term. What are some of those financial goals, aspirations, some of your priorities? You really want to get comfortable having these money conversations from the get-go. Sounds like you've had some of these already, but make sure that you both are really comfortable having these money conversations and that it's not like a tense conversation when you speak of these things. You 
also want to get clear on the goal. You mentioned the extra money needs to go or you want it to go towards the wedding and the honeymoon. So you want to think about what is this dollar amount looking like? Have you started to calculate how much you want to spend on both? I know weddings can be expensive and honeymoons can be expensive. So what is ideal for you and what does that look like? Because having those tangible dollar amounts will make it easier to plan. It'll make it easier to make decisions because you can work backwards. For example, if you knew that you were going to spend $10,000 on the wedding. Okay, I realize. <laughs> I'm thinking the number that we spent. We spent ten to 12000 and this was 22 years ago. All right? <laughs> but just to simplify, let's say it was $10,000. From there, you look at... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. When you want to get married, okay, look at that dollar amount. Okay, let's say, again, it may be more. I mean, maybe you're really frugal and you want to keep it simple. And that's completely fine too. But let's say the number is 10,000. So now you have a tangible number to look at or to work with. And from there, you can make those decisions. All right, if it's going to cost us approximately $10,000 to do this wedding, when is it feasible to do? Is it in two years? Is it in three years? When is that? And from there, if it's two years, then you're like, okay, we've got if 24 months. We're shooting for 24 months. Divide that $10,000, create this monthly number. And is that feasible in your budget? If it's over your budget, then you know, okay, this is what I need to bring in extra. So it's about having that clarity and that's really important. And you want to make sure what you decide feels good for you and it isn't stressful. So let's say you're wanting to have a wedding that's, I don't even know what weddings cost these days. I just seen some crazy numbers, but let's just say $50,000 and you really want to have that wedding is going to cost you with everything $50,000 and you want it to like to have it in one year, but that $50,000, I'm just making things up that you don't have, you don't know how you're going to come up with $50,000 in one year. Maybe it's not realistic. So think about it in those terms. Okay. And I also want to give kudos to your fiance for being supportive and such a team player. It sounds you like you have a good one. So Carmen, I hope that helped. And for those listening are finding yourselves in a similar situation. I hope that helped. And if there's any more questions about this or clarifications, just let me know. All right. Now let's dive into the second question. As you see, I dove in really deep with the first one. The second question comes from Norvella. And it might be Norvella, porque es en español. Puede ser. Me avisas, por favor. So she writes in, I have two credit cards, no student loans, just these two cards, approximately 6,900 total. My APR just increased on both 20 and 22%. It's so discouraging. I feel like I'm not making a dent on the principal amount. I'm looking at options and wanted your opinion if you think I should do a balance transfer. Currently, 
Think and Discover, 0% APR for 15 months versus a personal loan. I want to be done with the cycle and want to make the right decision. I value your opinion and would appreciate any direction you can point me in. Norvella or Norbeja. I'm inclined it might be Norbeja, but <laughs> now I want to know if I've been saying it wrong. All right. This question is a common question that I get, especially when it comes to should I use this balance transfer offer or should I not? <laughs> And when nowadays, with inflation and what's going on with the economy, the interest rates are increasing on the credit card. And that's definitely bothersome. I get it. So let's look at the two options, whether a balance transfer or a personal loan. When it comes to a balance transfer, here are some considerations for both. (laughs) But for both, I want you to assess your spending behavior, okay? Assess your spending behavior, meaning your use of the credit card. How did you get into that credit card debt to begin with? And you want to be really honest with yourself. This is something a lot of people don't do, and it's important. No matter what you do, you definitely want to assess your spending behavior. You want to get to the root of why are you in this credit card debt to begin with. So you want to assess your spending behavior and your use of the credit card. Do you usually find yourself using the credit card on items you don't have the money for and then you don't have a plan on paying it off? You just kind of like charge and then like, I'll figure it out later. Is it normal that you have an ongoing balance? Or maybe the balance that you have currently is from a purchase or several purchases and you haven't touched the credit card since. So you want to really assess how did you get into that debt? Maybe it was a few purchases, maybe it was an emergency that you had, and then you had an ongoing balance that you've been trying to pay off. Or is it something that you typically do? So you want to be really, really honest with yourself because I have seen, I have witnessed (laughs) people that have come and talked to me who get into this cycle of doing a balance transfer. They don't pay it off. They take that balance, doing another balance transfer, don't pay it off and repeat the cycle over and over again. But then what's happening, you may not be paying much in interest, but you're still paying a fee and you still have that debt. So you're not really addressing what happened in the beginning and you're just kind of leaving it and leaving it and leaving it. So that's why it's important to really assess your spending behavior. How did you get there to begin with? Then you also want to look at the offer carefully and map out a plan. So you know the offer, if it still stands, it's 0% for 15 months. And usually with balance transfers, yeah, they come like with a 0% offer sometimes. They also have a fee. So it's typically 1% to 3% of the total balance. So basically, it's just how they make their money. In this instance, the balance is almost $7,000. So if you were to take the full 15 months to pay that off, that would mean you need roughly about $467 every month of extra cash. 
How does that look like for you in your spending plan? So for those of you listening that are in a similar spot, look at that balance, look at the offer and divide that total balance to include that fee, right? So it's the balance that you're going to be transferring. I would just say at a 3% free chances, it's probably going to be that. And divide by the number of months, whether 12, 10, 15 months. And that number, is that something that you're able to do on a monthly basis? Do you have this extra cash from the money that you're making? So from the money coming in and money going out, there should be that number that you calculated. In the instance of this example, it's $467. So you want to make sure that is doable for you. And you don't want to approximate. Really, the important thing is you don't want to approximate and guess that you can. You want to do your homework and plan, which means you're looking at the money coming in and going out. And what extra cash do you have? Is it almost the $500? If not, how much is it in tangible dollar amounts? Let's say you're needing that almost $500. Let's just round it up. And you have $300. How can you get that remaining money, which in this case, if you are needing to pay about $500 every month, and you only have $300 extra cash every single month, that means you're needing $200. So how are you going to complete the $200 to make that $500 payment? And make sure that You pay that whole balance before the promotional offer ends. So these are some of the things you have to do. And just again, remember, even though it's 0% interest, you're still paying that 1% to 3% fee of the total balance transferred because the company has to make their money after all. Now, if you want to learn more, I did a full episode on things to consider on a balance transfer, if you want to listen to it, it's similar to what I just shared with you, but there might be some other nuggets that are useful for you. And that is episode 147. That is episode 147, and that'll be linked up in today's show notes. So we looked at the balance transfer, all right? What things that you need to consider if you're wanting to do the balance transfer. And if you have In this example, if you have that $500 and it's no problem and you want to be realistic that you do have that $500 and it's no problem, it's a no-brainer to do the balance transfer. Now, let's consider the personal loan. One, you want to do some shopping. From a quick search online, I saw that interest rates, of course, this depends on your credit score, they can be as low as 5.73% all the way to above 30%. And again, that depends on your credit. So you want to be shopping around it and seeing what is out there and see if it's something that you're interested in. You also want to look at the terms of the loan because in this example, what you shared, Norvella, I'm going to say Norvella and watch it be (laughs) Norvella. And what you shared, this, I think it was $6,000 balance or $7,000 balance, that is not a lot for them to lend and they're wanting to make money. 
okay? A personal loan is a fixed, it's not revolving credit like the credit card, meaning with a credit card, you are borrowing money, you're paying it, and then depending on what you pay, you have that credit line. With a personal loan, they lend you that finite number amount and you have to pay it in a certain number of months or years. So what they're going to do with smaller amounts is they're going to elongate it. That doesn't mean you can't pay it off early. So it might be like they give you a term of three years to pay off the balance. And you just want to be honest with yourself. Are you okay, one, with the interest rate? Number two, are you going to be paying it off early? And what does that look like? And number three, are you going to take three years to pay it off? Of course, everyone's financial situation is different. Priorities are different. But some things to consider. If you know that the balance transfer is not going to work, meaning that five $600 isn't doable, maybe even in just earning some extra money, just doesn't work for your specific situation, maybe a personal loan is a better option. But if you know that you can pay it, done your homework and you know, kidding, know that you can pay it off, the balance transfer would be a better option. So if you decide on a personal loan, and I shared that the interest rates when I looked at it was between five and 30%. And if you get more of the, in the single digits for the interest, you're still saving money on interest because your credit card, the interest rate is higher. But remember, you want to address how you got into debt in the first place. No one gets a pass on this one. It's really, really good to be honest with yourself. I hope that answers your question. I hope that allows you to decide which way to go. And for those of you that are in a similar situation and you're trying to decide, I hope this helped you make a decision. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I want to remind you that I'm just an email, a direct message away. And again, I love answering your questions. If you enjoyed today's episode and want your questions answered on the podcast, you can email me, you can direct message me, or you can even leave me an audio message and I will be more than happy to play it on the podcast. You can go to jenhemphill.com forward slash Ask Jen for all the details. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash ask Jen. Next week, we will release a conversation I had in New Orleans while attending ZeroCon. So you'll learn more about what that was. And we will have a previous guest on the podcast, who is Jackie Velez returning to the show. Bueno, pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and for choosing this show, check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 324. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 324. Remember that being the reign of your money starts at this very moment simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Ciao.